0: Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin and Global Finance podcast with me, Jason Dean. Here we talk about all things Bitcoin and all things financial and try and make sense of them. something a little different here today as this is an audio recording of a speech i gave at the finance magnates trade-on summit at the end of july 2020 called the case for bitcoin in your portfolio now this was delivered live via webinar but as you can probably tell i was a little nervous on this one as there were over 5,000 people registered for the event and it was my first delivery of this size well at least my webinar anyway It went pretty well, but as always, there's a few things I'd wish I'd deliver better, which you only kind of hear in playback. But nevertheless, decided to put the whole thing on a podcast for you. Now this recording does include an offer from LUNO for £10 worth of free Bitcoin towards the end. You're quite welcome to take advantage of that offer if you don't already have a LUNO wallet, as long as you live in the UK or Europe and are over 18 and have ID. The offer unfortunately is not valid outside of the UK and Europe. You can still download the LUNO wallet, but the code will simply not work if you're outside that area. Now, this offer is still valid and working at the time of uploading, but it has a limited number of redemptions. So once they're reached, this code will no longer work. But in any case, there's some useful information in here, so enjoy. Hello, and uh, depending on where you are in the world at the moment, um, good afternoon or good morning, uh, good evening, and welcome to the digital asset stage at the On Summit. Uh, My name is Jason Dean and I'm here, obviously, at what is ostensibly a Forex event. But I hope you'll indulge me as we look at the evidence today for having a little bit of Bitcoin in your portfolio. Now, I should explain a couple of things about my own background just to give a little bit of uh, context. Uh, I'm an analyst for uh, Quantum Economics. Our website is quantumeconomics.io, worth checking out. And this is an analytical advisory money management service Um, For the markets broadly, um, actually started by uh, my colleague Matty Greenspan, which is a name uh, some of you uh, will probably recognise. Now, if you're not subscribed to his free daily newsletter, um, you really should be. Um, Does a very good job of doing a daily analysis of the market, Um, money and cryptos as well. It's a free uh, newsletter and and I strongly recommend that you sign up. So again, if you go to that website, um, there's a place you can sign up there and and it's worth doing. My area of specialism uh, sort of within that organization is macroeconomics and really in a sort of behavioral sense. And of course, Bitcoin, which is why I'm here. And when I've analyzed something, I tend to like writing about it and you can find my articles on Medium. Uh, so that's at medium.com forward slash at Jason A. Dean. Uh, and This is my main profile, but also my re- regular contributor to uh, Decrypt, uh, Coindesk and Crypto AM, um, which are all well known sort of crypto publications i'm also an advisor to luno which is a wallet and exchange and actually it's a great place to start if you haven't had any real experience with Bitcoin or any other cryptos as yet. And actually I'll be giving away 10 pounds worth of Bitcoin to every attendee of this presentation, courtesy of LUNO, if you want it, you don't have to have it, um, but I strongly recommend that you do. It is a completely free gift and it's designed that so you can have a look at the wallet and the trading platform, maybe even do a couple of small trades between currencies to get you started in this world if you haven't done any of that before. So really it's just a way to kind of introduce you to the bitcoin environment if you haven't done any of this before so um stick with me i'll be giving that out at the end um, if you want to though you can download the app while i'm talking now just on your device um, either android or uh, google you can go to the website of course just just luno.com um and then when you'll be good to go immediately when i when i give you the, the code at the end if you like so it's luno.com or the luno app so just want to be clear what we're talking about um, today. So this presentation um, is really about having a little bit of Bitcoin in your portfolio just as the title suggests but it doesn't necessarily mean trading it. I've kind of used that angle a little bit more in, in the introductory sense here just because I know that's kind of the angle you guys are more used to and if you are Forex trading you'll tend to have um, positions for quite short periods of time not always but you know generally speaking Um, and although you can do the exact same thing with cryptocurrencies you know it's very much an evolving market and things are quite different in the cryptocurrency world than they are in in the forex world so whereas the cryptocurrency market is you know very um is growing it's new it's nascent it's still finding its feet in many ways forex of course has been around for a while and it's it's established and it's regulated um, so there are some similarities, but there's, you know, we're going to be looking at what those differences are. But we're going to be focusing really on why you should have Bitcoin at all. And this really means as a long play uh, or as a hedge rather than a quick trade. There is volatility that you can play with, with Bitcoin, which um, obviously is, is very appealing for certain traders. Um, but really, I'm coming from the angle. Let's just look at Bitcoin, look at the portfolio and see if we can work out why we should have it in there. Of course, you can trade other currencies from Bitcoin, uh, as I say, But and there are easy ways to do that within the crypto world. But if you want to get involved with that, your first step is always Bitcoin. So in terms of levels of understanding that, that where this presentation will make sense, um, you're all here, presumably, you know what you're doing. You've all got the fundamentals of trading, so I'll take that as red. Um, but it helps if you've got a basic understanding of Bitcoin as well. You don't need... You know to know all the technical details there is a lot of tech in bitcoin but you don't need to know all of that i'm going to give you literally sort of 30 second one minute summary just just a moment of what that is just to make sure we're on the on the same page but i'm not going to go into any more detail than that there's lots of great resources and books out there uh, including my own book um, how to explain bitcoin to your mum which is ideal if you're a beginner and you can use any of those um, resources to really get to grips with it if you want to and don't be shy about asking because bitcoin even now it's 11 years old 11 and a half years old it's still very new to most people and of course we've all got to go through that stage where we we ask all the questions that we want to know about it so in terms of where I've been coming from, I've been trading since the pre-internet days of 1995. So this is the days of uh, newspaper um, share prices, um, CFAX, if anyone remembers that. It was a digital service in the UK that sort of went over the top of the analog TV signals. Um, and I used to trade primarily equities, usually US uh, tech. Uh, a few funds here and there, a little bit of Forex, not not a lot really. Did had a casual involvement with that with um, my colleagues but i do like to you know even though forex has never really been my main bag i've always liked to try new stuff and it's probably because of that that you know i was very open-minded to cryptocurrencies early on not right at the start i missed missed the absolute beginning but i did get involved pretty early on i saw it around 2014 spent a bit of time trying to work it out uh how this thing worked um not very successfully it has to be said in those days and in some ways, the trading I'd done was a bit of a disadvantage because I was so used to some sort of trading platform uh you know a centralized regularized trading platform and of course bitcoin is different um and certainly at that time it was all a bit wild west and you know there was quite a high chance of getting it scammed, and everyone was still learning, so didn't really quite know how this thing was going to work out so I didn't really get proper skin in the game until early two thousand and seventeen, so quite a long time afterwards. But then of course i went completely the other way and got fully involved sold my businesses and i've been working full-time in the industry ever since really doing anything around it so that's masternoding, that's um mining that's writing about it as presenting um anything really around that industry and that's kind of what i do now at full time so i'm just going to do now this really quick summary of what bitcoin is just the basics here no more than that so Bitcoin was designed as a currency. Actually, the white paper specifies specifically that it was a currency, and it was created by this mysterious character called Satoshi Nakamoto, which is a name you may have heard. Now, we don't know who he was, or she was, or whether it was a group, we have absolutely no idea. Um, they set it up, they got a community going, they designed a thing, got a team of people working on it, made it a real community project, and then disappeared, never to be heard of again. So we don't know anything about them, but in a weird sort of way, it was the best thing they could have done for Bitcoin because there's now no way that Bitcoin can be linked to any person. So it's very much a community um, project and ideal, and it has been ever since. So it's a currency is the key point from this. So when you think of the currencies that you deal with, dollars, euros, pounds, whatever it is, just for the moment, add Bitcoin onto that list, okay? So it's just another currency that you can move between. But there are a lot of differences. See, Bitcoin is not owned or issued by any country, person or company. Uh, it's completely open source. It's sovereign in its own right, if you like. Um, it's also entirely digital. There's no physical form of it. Um, and it, that's a kind of weird thing to say in some ways but if you think about it the work that we do when we get paid you get you know the, the money appears in your bank account but it appears just as digital numbers on the screen and we use those digital numbers to, to pay bills and so on. we, we already use digital num- money all the time and um, the trades that you do are all digital of course we have we kind of use that idea just the difference is with bitcoin you can't go to a cash point and turn it into cash it's also a, a trustless peer-to-peer system now that makes it Borderless and it makes it incredibly versatile. So in other words, you and I, wherever you are in the world, we could trade directly, we could send money to each other as easily as sending an email to each other. Now, it's not all, not quite like that, but it's very, very close, and it's a quite a good analogy. So we can do it without involving any third party, which if you think about it, you can't do in any other format at all, whether you're using a trading platform, using a bank or whatever. So it's completely peer-to-peer, and it can't be reversed, intercepted, or otherwise corrupted by anyone else, um, you know, not like a bank transaction, which of course can be. So because it's backed by maths and cryptography, hence that term cryptocurrency from the word crypto cryptography, you know the Bitcoin you're receiving is genuine, and it can't be counterfeit, and you also know that categorically when you send it, it will be received, and uh, because it's mathematically guaranteed to, uh, to do so. And again, I don't want to get into the real sort of tech of how that works, but there's plenty of information out there. So you can see this is quite different from normal money. But there is one more huge difference between normal fiat and Bitcoin that is absolutely and utterly revolutionary in the context of what we're talking about. It is the fact that Bitcoin has a limited supply. It is fixed for all time and forever. 21 million coins that's it and that's not trillion that's not billion that's million 21 million coins now if you think about it that's not even enough for every millionaire on the planet to own one so it's very very scarce just think about that for a minute because we're all used to dealing with fiat currencies right so if you have one dollar in your hand that one dollar is it you know, has Trillions of brothers and sisters, and right now it's rapidly getting more brothers and sisters. So we know it's one of 24 trillion, 25 trillion, 26 trillion. You know, we don't know where those numbers are going to win, but you have one of an ever increasing pot of dollars. If you have one Bitcoin, you have one Bitcoin of 21 million. That will never change. So, and if you think about it, this is this is very unique in the world of money. Um, even other assets, like if you had equities, you know, there are companies can dilute your position by uh, issuing rights issues, um, that kind of stuff. So, it is quite a difficult, uh, a different concept to get your head around. Now to be clear new bitcoin is being minted every day the current rate is about 900 a day and the reason for that is that all 21 million weren't available on day 1 back in 2009 so they are released over time according to the mathematical algorithm that 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 governs it and at the moment in fact about 18 and a half million have been minted and the rest will take get this another 120 years to be fully realized because And I am simplifying this a a little bit. Fewer and fewer are released over time. So the effect is exponential. Bottom line is, the, the last Bitcoin ever to be produced will take years. Whereas at the moment, as I say, it's being produced at the rate of 900 a day. Now, in actual fact, there's going to be less than this because we already know we've lost several million so it might be only about 17 million which are ultimately available and the reason for this is loads of them were lost in the early days because they didn't have any value so in fact you used to go to websites and they used to, they used to call them common faucets and they will give them out so so oh, have a bitcoin have five bitcoins um and if you lost a few thousand on well it's 10 cents i mean why would you worry about it um but once they're locked into the blockchain and you've disposed of all your security access to it your key, your private key whatever once you have got rid of that he can't recover it. So it's gone forever. Of course, it doesn't happen so much now because um, it's it quite a lot of value. And, you know, people tend to look after things when they, um, when they have value. So the price is obviously higher now than it was 10 years ago. But so is the security. So are the range of associated projects such as um, products, I should say, such as um, wallets and exchanges. The network security of Bitcoin itself is completely unparalleled. And, you know, there's a much higher chance of Bitcoin success now than there was 10 years ago, arguably, even though we can still say there's still not regulatory clarity in a lot of countries. But it does mean, in my view, that we are in a golden era right now for buying Bitcoin. Now, it may not seem like this. Um, because it always feels like the best time to buy bitcoin was uh, was was five years ago um and you, you might say fine that's true but the second best time is is, is now right but it, but we are because the combination is is just right so as i always say if you think of getting hold of a whole bitcoin right now is tricky uh wait until your kids have a go and of course, you don't need a whole one, because in the same way that you we have sort of pounds and pence and, and dollars and cents, we have Bitcoin and Satoshi um, named after, of course, its mysterious creator. So you can buy um, naught point. Hang on, I've got to do the figures. one Bitcoin is one Satoshi, seven zeros, and then a one is one Satoshi. So uh, and to be honest, that's what most of us will be dealing with in the future, because The reality is when you're looking at a disinflationary supply curve like Bitcoin's is, quite similar to gold in that respect, um, unless you were very early in the game like before or, or even now, or you're very, very wealthy, you won't be holding a whole Bitcoin. You'll just be dealing with satoshis like most of us. Now, I understand that that is an absolutely bold statement because the reality is if that was completely true then you wouldn't need to attend any more of this presentation today. You just switch off now, go and buy Bitcoin, and just say, well, you know, Jason said it will all be fine. Uh, so I'll just buy it and, and, and wait. But of course, it's never as simple as that. Of course, this is, you know, we've always got the same providers, have not we? It's, it's like, this is not financial advice, do your own research, etc., etc. Um, but it should be clear that this sort of preamble I've done about Bitcoin has revealed sort of, two key points already kind of two key reasons why you should have this in portfolio and the first one of course is timing now we all know that time in the market is more important than timing in the market um, but of course it kind of be, could be great if we could get both, right? So we are, in my view, coming to the end of the time when it's affordable for you and me to, to get a whole Bitcoin or at least a, a good chunk of one. And the second point to kind of summarize again what the limited supply point I mentioned earlier is the fact that this supply is ultimately going to be so limited. Um, right now, Bitcoin is still relatively easy to get. Um, even though people like Grayscale, you probably heard, are hoovering it up right now at an astonishing rate uh, for their ever-increasing institutional buyers. It's still fairly easy from from any exchange to do it. Now, that may not always be the case. The supply of Bitcoin, say, is is very very limited, and demand is increasing naturally, so there will be a price consideration. So, right now, to put it into context for you, there's less than half a percent of the world's population is using it. And it's growing at the rate of around 200,000 people a week. Now, I wrote an article on this recently, which is is worth checking out um, if you go to my Medium profile, which gives some more information about that in more detail. And it's, it's fascinating. But the point is, it's tiny. So imagine what's going to happen if we get to 1% or even 2%. Already you're doing very large numbers in, in terms of price. So timer right now is probably pretty good. Again, this is conjecture. It's based on research I've done. It's based on my sort of analytical approach to this. Uh, and I'm looking purely at the numbers. So this is comes with all those normal provisos. But that's what the numbers tell us. So you've got two reasons already why holding Bitcoin is very different from, from holding anything else. If you're worried about holding Bitcoin directly, you may have heard, you know, how do you store it? How you know, I've heard of hard wallets. Code, I don't know what any of this means. Remember that Bitcoin already has a number of um, products around. There's already a bit of an industry around it. So there are funds, there are you know, ETFs, there are options, there are all kinds of different routes that you can use, which are based on the Bitcoin price and not the underlying asset itself. But of course, I'm always one to say it's great to have. The underlying asset. It's always nice if you like to have the gold rather than the piece of paper that says you've um, you've got the gold. Kind of an extra peace of mind, I guess. Now there are other things about this because obviously big, big, there are a lot of people say, well, Bitcoin is a statement against the current banking system. It's a way to solve the problem of the two billion that are unbanked in the world right now. It's a way of protesting. It's a way of sticking two fingers up at the current system, and that's all true to some extent. And certainly when it first started, you, you definitely felt there was an element of this um, in, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the white paper and, and the um, writings that were going on around it. But as traders investors, we're probably less interested in the kind of uh, slightly fluffier, almost hippiesque arguments for, for holding Bitcoin. We're probably more interested in what we're going to get back, what our returns going to be. Now, again, you know, it's dangerous territory and quite clearly not financial advice. But I'm just kind of talking about this in a general sense and want to make sort of one key point on this. And that can really be summed up in just one word. And that word is optionality, which I'm sure as traders are all um, familiar with it. But really what I'm saying is the potential upside in owning Bitcoin is far more appealing than the potential downside. So let's have a look at an example. So let's say we're going to invest, say, 1000 or we're going to remember we're just really talking about moving currencies around so we're going to take a thousand dollars of our fiat currency we're going to move that into the bitcoin currency or pounds or euros whatever it is um, so really a thousand dollars is probably more sort of individual portfolio here uh, might be someone like me, might, like me who uses uh, different platforms for different trading so I, I might buy equities on using CFDs on eToro. I might use Luno to trade between currencies. I might hold coins in Exodus wallets or blockchain wallets. But broadly, I manage my own portfolio. So if you go right back to the start of Bitcoin's life and put that $1,000 in, then you'd be sitting on uh, billions now. In fact, many, many billions now. In fact, a single dollar would have given you many millions. So the returns so far on Bitcoin, of course, have been enormous. Of course, it's very easy to think, well those returns have happened but the reasons for the reason we've already looked at the chances are that we've just completed the very first stage bitcoin is proving itself you may not have put that thousand dollars in at that stage because it was so risky uh, and quite tricky to hold it you might have sold it you know when it doubled just to get out of that risk you but if you held it you would have had a great return but it's not really a realistic comparison but going forward where the price goes now is anyone's guess. I've, I've given my kind of mathematical model on, on where that can go. And I'm sure you're aware, as, as I am, of, um, of the huge number of price predictions um, that are out there from, from zero, given by a Warren Buffett, of course, um, to uh, 50,000, to 500,000, to 1 million, even more. There's a particularly famous model called the stock to flow uh, ratio model, which has been floated by uh, an anonymous trader called Plan B, which has gathered a lot of support, kind of makes sense on a technical analytical level. And that sort of looks at 288,000 in the next year or so as as the next likely point. But, you know, you pay your money, you take your choice. um, No one can guarantee any of these numbers. And there's a lot of things that can happen in the meantime, particularly with what's going on in the world right now. But in my view and again, this is just my view, it's going to go one of two ways. It'll either go to zero, in which case you'll, you've lost your $1,000 forever, or it will go the other way and go crazy, probably in a like a crazy cycle that we saw like at the end of 2017, 2018, when it peaked at 20000 It's not likely to, in my view, to stay in the same trading range for very long periods of time because it's simply... Too much happening with all the supply and demand pressures uh, naturally, so um, you know, forgetting everything else, and there's a there's a lot that still needs to happen in Bitcoin. So ten x, twenty x, hundred x you know, it, 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 it's all possible for a $1,000 return, it could be zero, or it could be many, many, many tens of thousands of dollars. So the point is, as long as you're prepared to write that money off in the worst case scenario, the risk versus return on this is is pretty enormous, and possibly the equivalent to buying Amazon stock for pennies when no one knew it was going to work or not. So that gives you some context of this. Now, obviously, with a fund, uh, apart from the fact this might be harder to do because extra responsibilities and extra sort of constraints from a regulation point of view, you'd be looking at bigger numbers. But you know, a one percent allocation in these cases, in my view, is entirely justifiable, uh, depending on appetite for risk and, of course, all the other factors you've got to take into um, account. So, a ten million fund, you might go to a hundred thousand dollars. Um, which is, you know, be 1%. If Bitcoin fails, you lose that 1% of the fund value over the two to five years, which, more support, which most portfolios can probably bear. Uh, but if Bitcoin works, then that 100,000 could well be worth much more than the fund was originally. So these are all just concepts and numbers I'm throwing at you to give you examples. But of course, you must um, assess your own risk and assess what's going on. What I'm saying is Bitcoin itself has optionality. There's also a kind of defensive angle to this as well so and the first part of this really is 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 hedging your bets now particularly against fiat now again we can apply this on an individual basis or a fund management basis but the whole thing is very relevant right now because we're in this period of massive quantitative easing it's absolutely unprecedented and the rule books are out of the window right now we're basically making up Um, I'm not saying we as I'm involved in it, but, you know, we we as a species are basically making it up right now uh, and we're really going for it. And it's hard to argue really whether governments could have done anything else at this stage, but we do know for sure there's going to be fallout. So. If you remember at the end of March when all of this started happening, there was a huge sell-off, wasn't it? A big rush to Fiat. Everything was dumped. So it was stocks, funds, uh, gold, Bitcoin as well. It was all converted back into Fiat currency because no one knew what was going on. So we'd just get into Fiat. But we all know also we can't stay in Fiat very long because we know it's devaluing all the time and we know that devaluation is likely to increase in the next uh, couple of years in particular. So we need to get out of Fiat and we need to find another route to go. So where do we go? So obviously, you know, equities are all over the place um, and frankly, they've been in la la land, in my view, since, since March, where we've got all these massive valuations on these future earnings, which... I think I'm gonna take a while to materialize, frankly. Um, Forex is gonna be fascinating, that's for sure, um, as all these currencies are changing so um, quickly. Bonds are safe, we think, but we're in, again, uncharted territory, so who knows? Um, But of course, traditionally, we'd go straight to gold. And of course, we are seeing that now, and that's no real surprise. And if that's, um, if you're an institution, you'll probably have existing pathways to do that fairly easily. Um, If you're an individual, though, maybe not so much. Because buying gold, as an individual, actually isn't that easy. Buying Bitcoin, though, is. So it's easy to get. There's no storage fees. Um, it's uh, you know it, it, here's the most important part though. You, you're out of the existing financial system. So whatever you think of it, that system that we know and love or, or hate, depending on your point of view, that system we now we, that system is now uncertain. So we have no idea how it's all going to play out in terms of stocks, funds fear we just we just don't know so my view is you look at bitcoin as a defensive hedge against the entire system as long as you have an easy way out between those two worlds so our traditional kind of financial system and our our kind of new cryptocurrency financial system and they can coexist these two i know there's a lot of bitcoin fans and cryptocurrency fans who say oh it can replace everything you know i don't want to get involved with that they can coexist and at the moment i think they should coexist coexist this is something, of course, that we've never been able to do before, ever in history. We've always had to stay within the existing system. For the first time, we can move between uh, an alternative system and our existing financial system. And it feels wrong to me not to take advantage of that in terms of hedging your your, your bets. And of course, you could also call it diversification. So, you know, not, not just across sectors, not just across financial products, but through the whole system itself. And that is worth a thought, thinking about that. There's one more factor that I talk about quite often in my articles, and that's to do with accessibility. It's kind of linked to where we were. Uh, and this covers sort of two areas simultaneously. It's the last part of this. Um, and it's part of it is a reason why we would see an increase in a do, um, use of, of Bitcoin broadly, especially with what's going on at the moment. And the second part is also a reason directly why you should have Bitcoin in your portfolio and that is just to revisit this section the ease of buying and storing it so at this point really i'm talking to individual investors rather than um institutional investors and um and with good reason so think about it from from this point of view for a second so usually when there's um an ipo or a new fund comes to market or something like that it's the institutions generally speaking who get first dibs so usually, retail investors, mar and par investors um, get the leftovers or, or have different rules about applying. You know, traditionally, that's always the way it's been. But Bitcoin is very different. It kind of turns this on its head. So to use that um, slightly cheesy expression, it is cheesy, but it does work. Um, Bitcoin is very much a currency for the people, by the people. And it's the people, not the institutions at the moment, who are certainly driving a big part of the transactions that are happening. And a lot of the action generally uh, around Bitcoin is mostly um, in in individuals. So as we've already mentioned, in uncertain times, institutions will go for gold, of course, um, and individuals if they knew how to do it, would probably go for gold. But we also know that only a certain percentage of people ever do that because it's, it's you know, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know where to go. You've got to know what you're looking for. You've got to avoid counterfeit. You've got to know how to store it. Uh, it's liquid, but not that liquid. There's a process to go through and, and blah, 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 blah. So it's always been slightly tricky. And it's tricky enough that you can put, you know, some people off. But until now, that's always been the case. Because now, of course, now we have Um, Bitcoin. And in the uncertainty that lies ahead, there will be a good percentage of Bitcoin who buy, uh, there will be a good percentage of people who buy Bitcoin um, instead of gold. And we do have some precedence on this already because we have seen Bitcoin volume increases in um, Venezuela, in Argentina, in Zimbabwe, um, places where there's economic pressures or uncertainties. Um, And really this is from the man in the street who has this option finally um, of of getting out of the system. Now they may may not see it that way, but they'll see it as a way of protecting their wealth. And of course, it's well known that even the people who bought um, Bitcoin at its peak in Venezuela And of course, Bitcoin prices come down since then are actually better off than if they'd left their money in their natural currency at that stage. Now, if you're forex traders, you probably know all this already, but that's an astonishing thought. Uh, And that was buying Bitcoin at its peak. So if you haven't got any Bitcoin in your portfolio uh, right now, I'm hoping these key points uh, at least give you food for thought. So even if you don't run out and go and get it immediately, hopefully um, that's so and see for you. And of course, we have to remember this is just a really quick overview of why I feel it's not only a good idea at the moment, it's, it's probably absolutely essential going forward, but you know, in, in my view anyway. But in any case, whether you actually commit any funds to it now or not, I'm going to give away £10 of Bitcoin here and now to anyone who wants it, uh, courtesy of Luno Wallet and Exchange. So to claim this, you need to have installed the app on your Apple or Android device. Uh, Or you can just go on a a PC to Luna.com. But it's actually easier through a device um, because of the uh, verification process. It's much easier to do it on a phone. Uh, And you must be over 18 to set up a wallet. Um, It's about as hard to do this as setting up an email account, basically. It's probably actually slightly easier. Um, And finally, to claim this, you must be living in UK or Europe uh it's this offer is not available outside europe at the moment and it's just a a limitation of the jurisdiction of where i am now because i'm 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 based in in the uk where i'm talking to you from now so once you've installed it i recommend you do the verification first and you do that by going to settings and uh, verification just follow the uh, process there it's the usual passport and smile at the camera bit that we're wolves all used to these days. Uh, with Luno, they use um, facial recognition software. So quite often it's done instantly. Sometimes it goes off and, and it needs to be looked at manually, but just bear with the process is pretty quick. Uh, and then once you've done that, you it, there's a section that says rewards and you go to that and then there's a, a, a section which says enter a code. And at that point where it says enter the code, this is the magic um, password that you need. Um, it is on the screen now and it is PDUK T R A D E O N. So it's P D U K Trade On, uh, and that code is good and live now, and it will credit ten pound of Bitcoin immediately to your account. So completely free of charge. Um, there's no other provisos or anything like. It. You can literally do with it what you like. Um, if you're in Europe, it will give you uh, ten pounds worth. So obviously, it will, you know, it's slightly more euros. So it won't be it's about eleven euros, whatever the conversion rate is at the moment. Of, of Bitcoin, and that's it. You'll have it immediately. You can use it. You can you can play it, play with it. You can send it to each other. You can maybe do a small exchange on the, on the built-in exchange app built into the um, uh, into the software itself. You can you know test going backwards and forwards between fiat and crypto because don't forget, Luna effectively acts as a gateway between that um, you know the financial system we're used to and this kind of new developing financial system. So it's, it's a nice easy gateway to go backwards and forwards. Between the two, and you can add more um, fiat to it if you want to—the debit card or um, bank account—and um, basically, just you know, if nothing else, is pretty cool to say you got some 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 Bitcoin. So I I have to stop here as I'm about to go over time, um, and then I'll I'll get in trouble. Um, but by all means, get in touch with me if you need to, if you have any questions. I'm just putting some details on the screen now. So by all means. Um, I'm always on Twitter so uh, you can follow me there and you can DM me there as well that's probably the best uh, chance of getting a hold of me quickly Uh, I'm on LinkedIn so look me up if you want to uh, uh, get in touch with me that way And if you want to keep up to date with the analysis work that I'm doing, I would go to medium.com forward slash at Jason A. Dean. I'd also strongly recommend that you sign up for um, Quantum Economics newsletter, um, which is sent out daily by Matty Greenspan. It's a great newsletter and it really does give a very nice summary of what's going on um, in one simple little um, email. So I think that's it from me. I'm going to have to uh, go now. I think you can ask questions here directly or there is a comment section i'll be honest i'm not quite sure how that bit works at the moment but if you can't get hold of me today through this route those are the other ways to do it but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure being here talking to you today i hope you found it useful and and of course i hope you enjoy uh the rest of the trade on summit and i'll probably see you in the virtual foyer somewhere okay thank you and goodbye thanks for listening today if you've got any comments or questions on this podcast please message me on twitter at jason a dean or if you'd like to know more on the subject of bitcoin and finance in general then join me on medium.com forward slash at jason a dean don't forget the e when you're typing that in or you won't find me otherwise i'll see you next time on the bitcoin and global finance podcast